grab your dice and remember, we're not in Kansas anymore. This is Table Quests. We are going to forego the usual background explanations. You all were on the road when this thing started. You didn't remember the road you were on being this long or the night being so cold as the mists start to gather around you. The wind bites at you as you continue down this lonely path, the only sound your own foot on the gravel or dirt gradually shapes, silhouettes begin to loom out of the mists, three of them coalescing into forms, humanoid forms. And you realize that you and these other three figures are headed towards the same point on the road. When you all reach this point, at which point the mists form a kind of circle around you. You look around at these companions who have joined you on the road. Jeremy, would you describe Silvis for the group? So he is very bookwormish. Uh, so he's probably wearing bluish robes. Um, always has a book open in his hand, just perusing through something as he's walking along. Um, he looks a bit, probably a little bit ruffled or like disheveled. Um, well, he's an elf, so there's that pointed ears and all that. Uh, a high elf, so paler complexion. Um, he's a little bit taller, probably around six two. Um, very young looking, even for an elf. The only other th uh, thing of note is um, he has a rapier at his side. Right. Josh, would you describe your character, Cladic, uh, for us? Cladic is a gnome, and he's somewhat older for a gnome. He's got black hair with gray at the temples. He's about three foot four. You see that he's wearing this studded leather armor, but he has a bandolier across his shoulder with different vials with multicolored liquids in them. He's got a pair of wireframe glasses with what appear to be some sort of magnification lens lenses over the right eye. And he's got a journal and a quill in his hand. You can see strapped to his back in some sort of holster is what looks like a crossbow stalk. Right. <clears throat> Jake, would you describe your character, Luth, for us? You see a... Uh... A human male, um, looks like about in his late 30s, um, has a brown hair that he keeps, that he tries to keep short, um, brown eyes. He's grown a little bit of a beard, but it's nothing that stands out. He, he, he kind of looks a lot like just like a regular townsfolk, but he, like he wears like this apron um, on his backpack, um, like he has a, like a lot of cooking utensils. Um, he also carries like this old, cheap wizard staff, um, and he has kind of just a 
face of generic confusion. <laughs> Nate, I've saved the best for last. Would you describe Andreas for us? Oh, good. <laughs> the best because I haven't come up with anything? You had all well, of that I time. was stalling for I you. Okay. I gave you all three other characters. I was thinking, so that's good. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot to mention oh, that he also ahead. wears an apron. Okay. <laughs> you, you I mentioned think you that. did mention but that he wears an apron. Okay. But like also, he wears said. an apron. Also, he's forgetful. I... Did I mention that he's forgetful? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he has an apron. No, wait, that's Jake. Uh, Andreas uh, emerges um, from the fog. Um, he's a tall uh, human, about, I don't know, six, four-ish. He is dressed in um, kind of decent traveling clothes. He's got... Um, uh, high leather boots and canvas pants that are look appropriate for uh, romping around. Um, uh, he's he is wearing uh, chainmail, um, but over that a cloak that is green with a uh, white five-petaled uh, lily embroidered uh, over the left breast, and um, on his back wearing um, a pack and a shield. Uh, in addition, a um, flail hangs from one side and a hand axe from the other and flapping around kind of nervously on one of his shoulders is a uh, falcon he is not wearing anything on his uh, head and his hair is rather messy uh, his, um, mm -hmm. his hair is brown his eyes are also brown and he's just kind of inquisitively looking at the other three you all exchange glances, uh, and then everyone takes a look at the road ahead of you and the road behind you. And behind you, the fog has coalesced into almost an opaque wall. You don't think that you could navigate your way through it. As soon as you enter it, you get the sense that you would be blind, couldn't see your own hand in front of your face. But ahead of you, the road seems to be clear of this mist. You can see nothing in the distance save the silhouettes of tall trees and the winding path. Hail. Well, that's not good. Do any of you know what road this is? I was about to ask you the same thing. Unfortunately, no, I do not. Doesn't look like any road I've seen before. Suppose there's only one way to go. Yes, as that fog looks rather daunting. I don't know what we're getting ourselves into, but it looks like we're getting into it together, so... I'm loose. He holds out his hand. To whom? Uh, any of you? <laughs> Just, like, out in the center? Yeah. Uh, yes, you're quite right. And I'll, like, pinch your pinky and just give you a little shake. Classic. Nice yeah. to uh, meet you, uh, quite right. The name's Cladic. Oh. Cladic Sparks. Oh. Got it. I'm certain you haven't heard of me. Uh, yeah. Onwards? Hmm. It doesn't seem we have much choice. I suppose we could just wait here. If you wish, I would like to pursue whatever may lie ahead. I'm somewhat in a hurry, so 
figuring this all out is uh, advantageous to me. If you don't mind my asking, what exactly are you? He says, addressing the gnome. I am what you might call an alchemist. Or at least an artificer. Oh. Yes. But... <laughs> but what is that? <laughs> but, well, I, I am familiar with artifice. I, uh... I'm, I mean, uh, no offense. Merely, what kind of creature are you? Oh, I am a gnome. And he adjusts his glasses on, his, on the bridge of his nose. I have heard stories. I haven't. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't expect you to. I have never, I don't know that I have ever, ever had the pleasure of meeting a gnome before. Yes, well, quite right. I don't expect I'm much like any other gnomes you might have heard of. I hope not. Most of the gnomes I've heard are, of in stories are, well, trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, is this... Are you talking about Gaffer? <laughs> mm, I just said other gnomes his name? that I've heard about. <laughs> let's not go down that path. <laughs> no, let's go down this one. <laughs> Uh, DM. Yes. Is it, like, dark out, or what time of day is it? When you first started walking, it was early in the evening. Uh, you can't tell how much time has passed, but it does seem close to dusk, if not uh, the onset of night. You and these companions you've been thrown together with begin the trek down this road. Now uh, you are accompanied by the sound of clanging cookware and the soft clink of glass vials against leather. Your discussions continue. Uh, if any of you want to have more in-character discussions, there's plenty of time to do it, as the next two hours are spent walking with very little change in scenery. Silvus is going to pipe up. You know, if you'd put cloth between those pans, they wouldn't, like, clang together and make such of a, a, a racket. Uh, you might possibly have an easier time, you know, going down various roads, not draw as much attention. It's just, it, it's a small thing, but it, it might help. You know what? That's a good idea. I'll, I'll have to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. What kind of profession requires someone to carry around this much cutlery? I actually uh, uh, do a lot of cooking, you see. Oh, of splendid. Course. But you travel? Um, uh, yes. <laughs> Evidently, he's on the road. Not. I'm making a deception check. <laughs> <laughs> Already? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Oh, yes, nice. I'm a traveling cook. Don't even worry about it. Natural 20. Okay. <laughs> okay. My insight check is You're a all six. very well convinced that this I'm, man I'm is an... I'm going to choose to fail. Yeah, yeah same. I, 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 this I, man I, I has professed have... himself to be an itinerant cook, which is readily believable to all of you. Yeah. It's less to him lying about being a cook and more lying about him traveling. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as we're walking, does it seem to be getting any darker or any lighter? It has gotten significantly darker. Ooh. Oh, well, in that case, I will, uh, is, are there, like, branches or rocks or something? 
along this road? Yes, you can step briefly off the road and gather sticks uh, and small stones. I'll just grab a, a small stone. I'll open up uh, a small jar from my hip, stick my finger inside, and wipe this sort of a salve onto this rock. And then I'll shake it a little bit, and then it's going to glow. Mm. <laughs> Very cool. That's really cool. It sheds bright light for five feet and dim light for another five feet. Hmm. I've always had a certain level of respect for the work of artificers. Very well done. Thank you very much. It's a simple thing, really. What brings you to this desolate place? I was honestly just trying to find some rare herbs. Hmm. Does any other member of the party have a light source on their person? Yes. I have torches and a tinderbox, so I can potentially I have another light. light source that I can also use. So if I, I can pass this one off to somebody else. Although I also have dark vision. but I have dark vision, so I don't really need it, but... Luth is going to do the semantic gestures and uh, like, he, like he practiced. And, uh, he's, and uh, he's going to send three globules of light like out. Casting dancing lights. Oh, good. Okay. Well, let's everyone in the forest know we're here. <laughs> well, I thought we were wanting. I thought we were wanting to be able to see. I mean, yes, but there's a difference between us seeing ahead and everyone in the in a five mile radius seeing us. Oh, that's a good point. You know, I think I might have misjudged you, good sir. Could he? sort of break concentration and get rid of, like, two of the globules. Yeah. Okay. Now, I should mention to both of you, as you create these light sources, where they are usually consistent in their light output and strong, here they seem to gutter like flames uh, on the point of dying, on the verge of dying. Mm. Their color is a sickly orange rather than the bright white or other color you might be used to. That is quite peculiar. Indeed, I think this calls for an experiment. I'll pull out my lighter that I also have, my clockwork lighter, and I'll mm. light that and see if it's the same or different. Is the flame still orange, or is it even more orange? <laughs> well, the, the salve on the rock is more of a whitish light, yeah, a whitish-bluish light, and then my, my clockwork lighter is an actual flame. Right. Mm -hmm. The flame of your lighter also gutters in the cold. Seems weaker than usual. Mm, this is most peculiar. Strange magic, Sarafoot. It would seem that way. I'll make a note of it in my journal. You sure it's not something I'm doing? I mean, um, yes, it's strange. I mean, the, 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 the fog is kind of already strange, so it's not that much of a leap to assume there are other phenomenon that are happening. Yes. This much fog is rather unusual for this part of the country at this time of the year. At the Paladin's mention of the fog being odd for this time of year, almost as if on cue, snow begins to fall from the sky. And I'm not talking a gentle white powder. It feels like tiny ice knives begin raining from the sky. Doesn't make sense. It's been three months since the snow. It's rather early for snow. 
It can't be. It can't be much later than ten days past the beginning of autumn. Can I ritual cast while we walk, or do I have to stay in place? Uh, ritual casting re- requires that you remain stationary. Okay. Well, and I'll bring I'll bring it up to the group. <clears throat> if we wish, I may be able to discern what sort of magic is going on. But we would have to stop moving. Oh, uh, you can do that. I uh, may be possible. Ah, oh, yes, yes, that is also something that I can do. But go ahead. So we're stopping then. Very good. Yes. All right. I'm going to ritual cast detect magic, clutching my tinker's tools in my hand. Mm-hmm. You all huddle in the middle of the road, or to the side, maybe. Uh, the wind brings the ice down around you, and the small gnome begins some sort of ritual. Cladic, these snows seem to be entirely natural. There's nothing magical about the change in weather. However, the fog, uh, all you can discern from this ritual is that they are old and it's some kind of curse. But as you look out into the fog, you almost see shapes begin to coalesce, uh, figures on horseback, charging, screaming, the yells of men dying. And almost, uh, you can smell the coppery tang of blood on the air for a moment until you shake yourself and the feeling passes. It does appear that this fog, very old, possibly cursed. Cursed? How could fog yes. be cursed? Uh, this isn't good. It seems to have some sort of shadow of the dead about this place. Shadow of the dead. Quite right. Let's carry on. Yes. All right, the party picks itself up. You know, I'm I'm only out here at all because I was trying to hunt down what I thought looked like a starling. A starling? Yes. What are those? Why, it is a kind of bird. I quite like birds, and I, like, caress my, the falcon. Well, the falcon is huddled rather miserably on your shoulder. Mm. Punched against the cold. Though now I'm beginning to suspect it was not a starling at all. What's, uh, he points to the, your falcon. What's his name? Oh, she is called Maria. Oh. And she has been one of my dearest companions. Pretty neat. (laughs) (laughs) Cool bird. (laughs) (laughs) How neat is that? All right, the party continues traveling down the road, uh, pondering the curse of this fog, when in the distance, ahead of you, you hear the sound of hooves against the hardened dirt, trotting closer to you. Someone's coming. All right. I move to the side of the road. Oh, perhaps someone can who can tell us where we are. I heard that the gnome is moving to the side of the road. Are the rest of you going to move aside as well, or stand and wait? I'm not uh, tr- attempting to hide, but certainly we can get out of the way of the... Yeah, I'm not attempting to hide either. Yeah. I'm just giving them enough room to pass by. Sure. Yeah. 
because they are on horseback and we are not. And resting right. a hand on my rapier. What clops into the view of your guys' weak light sources is a terror of the night. A skeletal rider atop a skeletal horse. Hmm. The rider has a great sword strapped across its back and tattered remnants of armor about its person. And it clutches a lantern, which is rusted and clearly hasn't shed light in what must be decades at least. It stops at the sight of you, and with the sounds of bone clicking and grating, wheels its head slowly towards you. You should not be here. Luth is backing up. Can I tell what, uh, based on its skeleton, can I tell what type of creature it was? Uh, this appears to have been a human. Or humanoid. Yeah, fair enough. It simply is, it's meeting your gazes, but it makes no motion. What do we do? Do we fight it? I cannot permit it to go on its way. Unfortunately, there is no remedy for undeath. What does that mean? I... <laughs> Andreas looks down at you like you're the dumbest person alive and goes, <laughs> it means we must destroy this creature. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak up. Oh, there. It turns its head to you, and you almost hear a kind of gasp. Just a... Is there anything behind him that we can see? No, he appears to be alone on the road. Run from what, good sir? I think he just wants us to run. <laughs> I, just, I look at the gnome. Good sir, he's a skeleton. He still deserves some respect and decorum. We don't know who he might have been. The, the, the dead deserve respect when they're in the ground. Tyros deserves to be warned of this. I must return at once, but not before we have brought this abomination low. I did ask it run from what does it respond? It does not. Well, fat lot of help you've been. I'm, I will loose my flail from my side, and whether the others do or not, I will begin to approach this thing. I'll simply offer up, it seems well enough leaving us alone, might as well do the same. Carry on. Luth is just pointing his staff at the guy nervous, like, shake, and it's, like, shaking in his hand. I close the book I was holding with one hand and pull out, uh, pull out my rapier. Well, I'm not sure we should let a creature like this run free. At least one of you has some sense. At the sound of loosed steel, the skeleton reaches up and with a speed that uh, you might not have anticipated, whips this great sword from its back, points at both of you, and lets out another airy hiss, and spurs its steed to charge. Oh, very Everyone good. roll initiative. Yeah. But he's pointing it at them, right? Yes. Yes, Plus he's, well, most, mostly the paladin who's at the front. Fair enough, yes. Uh, that's an, that's going to be a 13 for me. Off to an auspicious start. 
Uh, nice. 15 for the gnome. 21. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 8. Sylvan, the skeleton may have drawn its weapon quickly, and the paladin may have been ready to go to battle, but you're the nimblest of this group and are able to move before anyone else. Um, what would you like to do? Seeing it, uh, uh, seeing it spring into action, I'm going to um, start an elvish chant, and um, the this chant uh, seems to linger in the air, and uh, for the, the, I'm activating my blade song. Um, mm-hmm. So... Uh, with that, I'm going to move up to this creature um, mm-hmm. and make an attack with my rapier. Okay. Uh, Will you be trying to hit the mounted skeleton or the mount? I'll be trying to hit the mount. This isn't going to be a normal attack. I'm going to be casting a booming blade but as part of the cast it's making an attack love that um, love that for you <laughs> so make a melee attack with the rapier that is a 24 to hit that, that will hit the mount uh okay so that's 1d8 plus 4 that's 12 damage 12 piercing damage uh okay. and as part of booming blade, it becomes uh, sh- uh, sheathed in booming energy until the start of its next turn, or until the start of my next turn. If the target willingly moves five feet or more before my next turn, it takes one d eight thunder damage. Okay. A- and then the spell ends. So. Okay. The elf dances in front of everybody, chanting some beautiful lyric and strikes at the horse driving his blade into I don't know exactly what because it's a piercing weapon and this is a skeleton stab it in the face oh <laughs> or, or the, uh, the strike itself though strong doesn't seem to do much but the ringing of the blade doesn't seem to stop and the skeleton the air around the skeletal horse seems to shimmer Um, you saw what was about to happen and also have an opportunity to strike. Yeah. Should you choose. Uh, how far away are the, the paladin, the wizard, and the skeleton? Uh, the skeleton itself is probably about 10 feet from you. And the paladin is 5. They're about to meet in the center of the road. Then I think I'll just take a couple more steps back and just ready in action to attack if I get attacked. Okay. Andreas, uh, you are the one to move forward at the beginning. The elf has struck quickly. The gnome seems to be taking a step back and defending. So you'll have the first opportunity to strike as this thing comes bearing down on you. Yes. I, um... It's too cool not to try. I'm going to approach it, and I'm going to attempt to grab the rider and pull him down out of his, uh, off his mount. All right, so that's just, just going to be a grapple check. Your oh. athletics. Yeah, he's going to need to make a his choice of an acrobatics or an athletics check. 
I didn't do very well, but we'll see. Uh, 14. The skeleton wasn't anticipating this. <laughs> uh, he half expected just kind of to pass each other with blows, so as soon as you jumped up and stiff-armed him, he came flying over the back end of his mount and tumbles to the ground. Okay. Uh, and is going to be prone. Oh, very good. <laughs> Unfortunately, that uh, takes up the entirety of my action, so I will have to be mm -hmm. content with that. Right. Um... Well, next up, it's his turn. So him and his uh, his steed continues charging and will take whatever that damage is. Uh, 1d8 um, uh, force damage. Okay. Uh, Do you want me to roll that or will you? Uh, I'll roll it. Okay, thank you. Um, He takes five force damage. Okay. And he completes his charge by attacking you, the elf. Yep. I should have hit him with my flail and then used the shove action or the the, the bonus shove to get him out of the saddle. That would have been. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh well, it's way cooler if I just physically grab. Him <laughs> yeah, just grab the saddle. <laughs> yeah, just get down. Does a twenty-five hit your armor class? <laughs> oh yes. <my> word. <laughs> okay. Oh dear. So you are going to take eleven bludgeoning damage. As this thing hits you, collides with you. Eleven? Okay. I just, yep. like... <laughs> That's most of I'm yourself. not down, but I'm hurting really bad. <laughs> mm -hmm. We weren't supposed to start this fight, then. Uh, whoops. Andreas, uh, skeleton picks itself up and hurls itself at you with its great sword. Okay. Um, I assume you took out your shield? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then the blow impacts your shield directly, um, and you are unharmed. A dulled but still resounding clang. Mm-hmm. But you have de deflected the blow. Very good. Luth, the combat is in full swing. The paladin facing off against this uh, skeleton in a deadly duel. The elf has just been trampled by the skeleton warhorse. It doesn't look very in very good shape. And the gnome is standing back. Um, yeah, he's also going to uh, back up some. But uh, he's going to point a hand <laughs> at, at the skeletal horse. And a burst of fire is going to shoot out of his hand towards the horse as he casts firebolt. Okay. Charred bolt. 15 to hit. That will hit. Sweet. And he is going to take four points of fire damage. Okay. Uh, the fireball that streaks out of your hand bolt, isn't bolt. the healthy orange flame of a campfire. Instead, what looks like a green, a skull wreathed in green flames erupts from your hand and strikes it, leaving a, a wake of green flame. Green flame. Green flame. <laughs> green flame. <laughs> it's obligatory. Yeah. <laughs> but the horse lets out a hissing sound 
um, and turns to you, Luth. Oh, At least dear. it's not moonwalking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank goodness. Um, Sil- Silvis. Yeah. Aching from the pounding you just received. Yes. I'm clutching my left arm like after just getting completely stomped on Mm -hmm. i'm i'm making another attack with my or i'm gonna use booming blade again attacking with my rapier that didn't do as well uh yeah that's an eight (laughs) uh you do not strike true this time cladic is next in the order I guess I'll uh, just walk over and say, uh, you've got to hit it in the weak spot, and I'll just take the help action. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you helping? Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's what the man said. That's not very helpful. How about telling me where that weak spot might be? Right there, where the two (laughs) bones are joined together. So the joints. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. That's more helpful. I thought it would be obvious. Andreas, you are locked in battle with the uh you are locked in battle with this skeleton yes. whose sword has just crashed against your shield. Um he's gonna have to dodge a flail headed for his skull. That is the next thing. Uh mm-hmm. that's only an eleven, unfortunately. Uh that is not enough. Okay. Uh all the same, I will Use a bonus action to try to shove him back to the ground. Okay. So Using your... That's your shield master feat? Yeah. Yes, okay. that is correct. Same, same thing as before. Bash. Yeah, I get to do this every time I attack. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good feat for a shield user. Yes, it yep. is. Um, so that is going to be a non-natural 20. Mm-hmm. Get back on the ground, peasant. go back to the dirt where you belong alright so your flail wheels uh, over his head but you ram forward with your shield sending him sprawling (laughs) that's good enough meanwhile (laughs) sprawling as sprawling as a skeleton can be yes Uh, the horse the skeletal horse has set its sights on Luth and charges at him Rears itself oh, no. to strike. Uh, is that taking attack of opportunity, opportunity attack from, from me? Uh, yes, because he has. Uh... Well, isn't it both of us? Because don't I have to also be in fi- within five feet of the creature to do as a help action? Oh, for the help, the help action. action? Mm-hmm. I just didn't know if you were standing behind him or well, I I had immediately to be next five to the feet force. Of both of them, of him and the creature he was attacking. I thought that was how help worked. Okay. The horse right. will be taking attacks of opportunity from both of you okay. as it Very good. charges towards <laughs> Luth. That's better. 21. You stupid. Or, sorry. Er, yeah, yeah, yeah. 21. Never mind. I miss with my dagger. Oh. Okay. It's fine. Uh, the rapier does strike, though. So it roll. takes eight piercing damage. Okay. Uh, you strike its hind in passing, but it continues its charge towards this nervous spellcaster and rolls a 15. Yeah, that hits. Oof. Okay. You're going to be taking... Oh, I rolled significantly lower on this one. Oh, <laughs> Gee, thanks! Uh, 
<laughs> you are going to be taking uh, eight bludgeoning damage. Okay. If I didn't roll max on my uh, for the level up HP, I'd be unconscious. <laughs> so yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, the horse rears and strikes you on the shoulder with one of its bony hooves, giving you a little spin. Uh, meanwhile, the skeleton on the ground <laughs> now has to spend his movement getting up. Just half of it. Yeah, half. Mm-hmm. And it'll use whatever it needs to get to you and swing once again. Yeah. It's a great sword. When I shove, it's either five feet from me or uh, just straight Not down to the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His great sword once again rings out against your shield. Okay, yes. Doing no damage. That's kind of the way that battles between me and one other opponent are going to go, just mm-hmm. in general. <laughs> yes. Luth, you've just been struck by a skeletal horse. Um, and you realize that you are standing alone. The gnome and the elf are some distance away from you, and the paladin seems distracted fighting one-on-one with the skeleton. How far away are they? Uh, your companions are about 10 feet away from you. Okay. Um, freaking out a little, he's going to try to push the horse back or something, but when he does, his uh, uh, hands light up with lightning as he uh, accidentally casts Shocking Grasp. <laughs> nice. Okay. And just out of curiosity, this horse, the skeletal horse wouldn't happen to wear any like metal barding on it, would it? It does have some scraps of metal armor on it, yes. Oh, so then oh. I, I get advantage then. Once. So. Shocking Grasp is, an, is a spell attack. It's not a... Uh, it's I don't a, know if I realized that. It's a, yeah, it's, a, it's a melee spell attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a 18. That will hit. It's the world's worst joy buzzer. <laughs> or the world's best depending on how you look yeah at it. i i suppose mm-hmm. yes uh from a certain point of view <laughs> from a certain five points of effective joy buzzer <laughs> yes yeah, so you said five points yeah of okay. <clears throat> so with a shove and the crackling sound of electricity um bolts of lightning thread between the pieces of metal barding on the skeleton and it shies away from you. Mm. Good. Silvis, the skeletal horse is being electrocuted, and the paladin is still dueling the other skeleton. Yeah. Yes, neither of us has dealt any damage to the other. <laughs> uh... It's a stalemate. <laughs> Locked in eternal combat forever. Yes. It's, uh, <laughs> it's the Anakin Obi-Wan duel. Yeah. I am going to cast Toll the Dead on the horse. Okay. The horse is already dead. Doesn't matter. Right. I'm tolling <laughs> That's the them. Point. I'm tolling Toll the dead. <laughs> Toll the dead, I think, is like one of the spells that wasn't in the original PHP. And it's I can't remember exactly voice. what it does, but I it remember it being super good. Uh it's yeah, a it's, constitution it's, saving throw. Uh <laughs> wisdom saving throw. It's wisdom. Yes. Yep. Okay. As we all know, bone horses <laughs> are renowned for their wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> the spell save is what? Fourteen. 
the flavor of it though is that the creature you're pointing to hears the bell tolling its own death oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> the bell that tolls seems to come from further down the road very far away but but you can hear it even though it see you cannot see any building any structure um and as soon as the ringing hits the ears of this skeletal horse, it shies in fear and takes how much damage? Uh, 1d12 necrotic Ooh. damage. How do skeletons feel about necrotic damage, I wonder? Yeah, that's... That is interesting. Um, <laughs> it is going to take... Uh, three necrotic damage. So not amazing, <laughs> but it's fine. It's a very unique way of dealing damage. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is already cool. But you can all hear this bell tolling. Yeah. Um, it does not do any damage to you, but it does send a chill down your spine. Oh, yeah. What a great spell. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. so much flavor. Uh, the cool thing is, if, it, if it's missing HP, so if it's, uh, originally it does 1d8, but if it's missing any of its HP, it does 1d12. That, yeah, yeah that's, just that's why it's inches so closer to the grave. But it's not one d twelve plus anything. It's just one d twelve. It's just one d twelve. It's a cantrip. Right. Oh, okay. It's so. it's uh, on the cleric's promise too. It'll mm. level up uh, as I level up. Like at level five, it deals two d eight or two d twelve, depending on stuff. But yeah, cool. <laughs> Cleric Silvis has cast a spell, uh, and this skeletal horse seems to be. Practically dancing in fear. Fear and electrical spasms. Oh, yes. <laughs> How far away is the horse? Like 10, 15, 20 feet? The, the horse is about 10 feet away from you. Very well. I'll reach over my shoulder and pull out the crossbow stock from its uh, holster. Mm-hmm. And when I do, the two uh, arms of the crossbow spring out. And uh, I can just fire it because it has repeating shot. I don't need nice. to worry about ammunition or loading it. Uh, so we're just gonna shoot that horse, I guess, with my light crossbow. Okay. Uh, a non-natural twenty to hit. Nice. That does. That does hit. For six piercing damage. Well, just as you instructed the elf to do, you've managed to hit it in one of the joints. Hmm. Uh, and now there's a horrible sound of metal bolt on bone any time it moves one of its front legs. Ooh. And then after that uh, bolt is loosed, uh, some clockwork gears were, and another bolt is pushed into place, and the string draws itself back, cocked and ready to go for another shot, automatically. Oh, wow. Automagically. Automagically, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is I a like new, it. add that to your vocab, gents. It's a semi-automagic. Yeah, it is. It's a <laughs> semi-automagic crossbow. Who, who says repeater crossbow when you can say semi-automagic? Yeah. <laughs> With infinite ammo. You guys have never heard somebody say automagically before? No. Mm-mm. Oh, come on. Well, Thank I'm you glad, for I'm uh, glad I was able to add that. Yeah, you're, you're, you're very welcome. Andreas, your struggle continues. Yes. Yeah, we'll see how things go this time. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to be switching up my strategy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Another flail for the skull. And it's a crit! Ding a ding a ding ding! Baby! A triple. Oh, nice. 
Uh, let's Mom, see here. Mom, get the camera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's uh, what are what are we running for crits in this uh, in this game? Uh, we are going to be doing the same as usual, full die plus rolled. Okay, so it's a d8, um, so 8 plus a d8. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a 5 plus 2, so he's going to take 15 bludgeoning damage for me. Crack. With a resounding, splintering whoosh, the skull fragments into pieces at the whirling of your flail, and the rest of the skeleton's bones collapse to the ground, dropping its rusted broadsword with a clang to the hardened dirt. Hmm. You stand victorious. Okay, and then I will move 30 feet, Mm -hmm. or or whatever it takes to get to the horse, Uh, and I'll try to shove it. (laughs) 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 Not even hesitating for a moment. He whirls and charges. Wait, so did he, he just, like, one-shot the skeleton? Apparently. He just one-shot awesome. the skeleton. Well, bludgeoning damage, duh. You deal... Oh, mm-hmm. yep. is it doubled? So, yeah, it's doubled. It's so doubled. you deal oh! about 30 damage to it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Feels good. <laughs> Excellent start. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, first Everyone try. Take a drink. Take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> the first the first two swings were just wind-ups. Yeah. Yep, he had to build up enough momentum. That's right. Um, okay, and the horse is going to need to beat with its acrobatics or athletics check a 19. Okay. <laughs> and it fails. No. Well, I guess I just... I don't, I don't even you understand how You must be that... feeling pretty good, Andreas, because you just knocked a horse over. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it's missing most of the bulk that a horse normally expects to have, so... Yeah. Yeah. And he lied So, Luth, you're standing there quivering, your hands still crackling with electricity, when out of nowhere, the paladin just charges <laughs> in and tackles this thing to the ground. Oh. I like trains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. There we go. That's Andreas. It's the Andreas Express. It's pulled into the station. Choo <laughs> choo. <laughs> okay, that's my turn. <laughs> Good evening, listeners. This is Andreas Olvine. I'm here to thank you for listening to Table Quests. You can interact with the cast on Facebook on the Table Quests page, on Twitter at Table Quests, or on the subreddit r slash Table Quests. Next week will be a further episode of this special Curse of Strahd side quest. Please remember to share the show with your friends. Maria and I thank you. Join us next time on Table Quests. I have to say, your voice reminds me of Michael Kramer's voice for Loyal. Hmm, isn't that interesting? <laughs> I wonder it's why. It's almost like it was directly inspired by that. <laughs> yeah. I, I made a character based off him, too. I wondered how long it would take you to mention that, yeah. I figured you would. That, that, wow, that just means I do a good impression, yeah. huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm just going to mention that throughout the rest of the episode now. <laughs> also, he has an apron. You have our running gag? Check. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I should mention that your guys' uh, initials don't spell anything interesting. <laughs> but I've, well, given you, I've given you a vowel. We still can't <laughs> I know, spell anything good? Still, it's still nothing good. It's the K, isn't it? <laughs> it's the K. Well, no, actually, it's the L. Because ASK is ask. Well, you class. can use slack. We've got slack. We got class. Yeah, we have slack. Slack without the C. Yeah. Class with a K at one S. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Oh, you can you can do castle sport spelled really poorly. Oh, oh. oh it gets worse. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's the that's what we gotta go with. Is, yeah. is castle, team castle. Yeah. Okay. Great. I like it. I think my washing machine just got done with its cycle, so you'll have that for the recording. Okay. You weren't saying anything, so it's fine. Vladek, are you back? Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Okay, then my mic issue is fixed. Were you Excellent. were you saying things and we were talking over you? No, it's just Discord suddenly said, hey, we can't detect any sound coming from your microphone. But you should mm. be. Ah. <laughs> so I just had to turn it off and back. Oh, no. <laughs> As Jake leaves. Farewell, Jake. <laughs> oh no. Mick, I assume you're planning on having this I'm... one shot be two episodes, right? Or six. <laughs> <laughs> this will truly yes. be a one recording session.